Happy Friday, everybody. What's going on? You're listening to the Entrepreneur Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, getting it popping. It's a cold day here in New York City. It sure right? is. It's a little, it's a little chilly. We've been, Woo! we've been spoiled because uh, it's been like it was 60 degrees the other day. We were, we were in short sleeve shirts running around. Atypical yeah. for January. Mm-hmm. I had to put a jacket on today. Rock my nuts, beanie, but it's okay. We inside, warm. He's got a nice cup. What was that? Tea? You got a hot hot it's tea? Like a no, tea. In, in the cup. In the cup. In the cup. In the we cup. Got, got some, some spearmint tea. Some spearmint tea. Rocking it with a little honey. I could have used a fourth coffee. I'm today, sorry. I should have brought you. No, no. It's all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm joking. So we're going to kick it off today with the message of the day, message of the week. This comes from a gentleman named Karan Rai. I uh, came across this in a LinkedIn article in a podcast he did. It was really phenomenal. Blew me away. Something that my guest and I kind of started to discuss uh, when we met a couple weeks ago, uh, and it just, I read this last week and it stood out to me. I was like, this is a great thing to share. Hmm. It is, there's zero reason to be an entrepreneur if you can't serve people. Entrepreneurs are trying to make something better. Fundamentally, entrepreneurs (coughs) want to make the world better. Any thoughts on that? Lots of thoughts on that. Um, I just, first of all, wanted to thank you again for having me on your terrific podcast. I'm a fan. Thank you. And um, yes, so it's all amazing. It's my pleasure. So let me me introduce before you digress on the message of the week. My guest today, Josh Margolis. He is the founder of the Gowanus Brooklyn Club. Uh, Gowanus Music Club. <laughs> what did I say? The Gwan- the, what did I call it? The Gowanus what? I don't know. Strip club or something. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> Mine's in the gutter today. It's the cold weather. I just want to be warm. I want to be healthy. What, what did I say? Did I say Gowanus We do a lot club? of pole dancing with those kids, okay? Sorry. Rewind. <laughs> Wheel it up, man. Let's do that again. My guest today, just Josh kidding. Margolis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, economic hard times are coming. You got to diversify. Know. You got to get it where you can. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This was off to a great start. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So, once again, Josh Margolis, founder of the Gowanus Music Club. Club. Yes. <laughs> In Brooklyn. I think that's what I meant to say. In Brooklyn. And I said the Gowanus Brooklyn Club. Anyways, we got it now. Gowanus Music Club in Brooklyn. Josh discovered his passion for drums at the age of five under the guidance of the renowned studio touring drumming Kenny Arnoff in the family barn. Ten years of both drum and piano lessons followed. After attending Berklee School of Music, he came to New York City to study percussion with Miles Davis's drummer, Mino... Sinilio. Sinilio. I knew I wasn't going to mess that up. Mm -hmm. And Kenny Denard of Sting's band. Mm -hmm. He's been performing in rock, jazz, and acoustic groups in New York City for the past 25 years. A drummer, guitarist, and singer... He's also worked as a live television producer for the Jonas Brothers, so on and so forth. He's worked for BMI as a music composer for ABC News last week, tonight with John Oliver, the Ellen DeGeneres Show, and NBC Sports, Billboard Magazine, New Song, and the New York Songwriter Circle have lauded his songwriting skills. Woo, there's more, but we're going to stop there um, before I, you know, rope this guy into some other action that he never actually did like selling drugs or something <laughs> like that <laughs> wow maybe you did maybe you didn't i don't know anyways You're so far well, back for that one well, yeah, Jeremiah. yeah well i i think history is important you yes know, it where, is where we are our foundations and uh yeah it's good so we got a, a guest joining in bob brophy he's also a musician uh, connection from a, a f- one of my neighbors, Sam Himmelstein. Really great dude. We'll have to talk about him. He's been on the show, too. Great. Guy's a total trip. What's up, Bob? How you doing? Anyways, back to the topic Hello, at hand. So when did <coughs> pole dancing become an... <laughs> I'm kidding. I guess you're just not going to let that one I, go. I, we, got, we got an hour. We got an hour of this. It's going to be torture. Mm-hmm. But the best We're time. slowly losing our PG yes. rating, yeah. but that's no, okay. No, that, that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah. the only issue is, like, the farther we go down the rabbit hole, Apple Podcasts will mark us as explicit. Otherwise... I don't give a fuck. But you get Anyways. the E and you get yeah. more people because yeah. they're like, wow, exactly. there's something going on exactly. there. So, some, dirt, some dirty What's, stuff. What are they talking about? Yeah. So yeah. we were talking about making the world a better place through entrepreneurship. And the birds sang. And, and yeah. something you, you said to me uh, when we first met, you said a term that I really hadn't heard before, before mm-hmm. but... Um, no explanation was needed, and that was mm. social entrepreneurship. When yeah. you said that, it just I was like, of course. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I feel yeah. that. Yeah, it yeah. like resonated with me. And when I read that that uh, that quote from from Quran's uh, 
podcast and from from his post it's just like the two just came together it was like of course like we're you know most of us not everybody there's certainly guys out there they're just like i'm gonna make that money but there's there's plenty of us who it starts kind of with us right like how do we make ourselves better Mm -hmm. and then once you figure that out it's like oh i can make people's lives better mm-hmm. yeah any we'll yeah. talk about this a little later in the show yeah. but any any initial thoughts on that they just want to mm. just want to spurt you just got to let it out i know i have a lot yeah to, yeah long answer that's, short question that's why um, you're in the chair well thank you um so yeah i have a lot of thoughts on that um i didn't want to forget to mention this terrific book that i read by a guy named tony hsu hsu and tony hsu is the um Head of Zappos shoes. Yeah, well, are you familiar with? Of course. Zappos? Who hasn't? Yeah. What about you, Nicole? Have you? Yeah. Have you? Are you familiar with Zappos shoes? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> so you know, in a nutshell, his book is about um, creating a culture of happiness mm-hmm. in a fairly large corporation. Yeah. And me having backed into my business sideways, but first. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I needed some help from people who really knew what pole they were doing. Pole dancing does that to you, Yeah, it just <laughs> goes back to the pole dancing days. Yeah. So I just thought, this looks interesting. I picked it up in a bookstore or whatever. And um, his whole principle was, and probably continues to be, about um, creating a culture in his business where instead of dumping tons of money into um, <clears throat> you know, advertising, mm-hmm or, you know, media and, you know, the traditional forms of corporate sort of expansion, he decided that he was going to treat the workers on the phone really, really well Mm -hmm. and pay them a little bit more than maybe another telemarketer person would get. And the instructions to them, in turn, were, we'd like you, if somebody has a problem with their shoes or if there's a delivery issue, um, we want you to bend over backwards. Mm -hmm. To make that person happy. Why you got to make it dirty again? (laughs) (laughs) Stay with me. Stay with me, Jeremiah. So, you know, and I, you know, the book, the whole book centers around this. Like, he just figures, well, if I can make my employees happy and they in turn make the customers happy, then the customers are turning around and talking to their friends about what we're doing. Um, it spreads in the same way that you would want any business mm-hmm. to come up, go out into the world, but in a giantly positive way. Now, when it comes to Gowanus Music Club, I'm a small entity, but what I can control as much as possible is, is our reputation, mm-hmm. which is everything to me. And I believe so much in the mission of Gowanus Music Club. You know, we're, we're teaching kids and there's all kinds of... Um, you know, issues around just wanted to be very protective of those young people yeah, sure. as the parents need from us. And there's a ton of responsibility, as you would imagine. Definitely. Then I just thought, well, this is great. Like, if I can treat my teachers with the ultimate respect and hopefully pay them a little bit more maybe than some of these other schools, mm-hmm. that might resonate into them being happier in their um, rehearsal rooms with the kids. And then that vibrates out to the kids. The kids come home. They're like, wow, I just had an awesome rehearsal with this dude or or woman, you know, hopefully. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And so You have male pole <clears throat> dancers? <laughs> well, I'm constantly <laughs> trying to find uh, female rockers to teach for me. So yeah. if anybody wants to come teach. Ladies. Uh, ladies. ladies. Yeah. No, I know pole dancing, I promise. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, you know, that's really what I based it on, and that is – in a nutshell, social entrepreneurism, mm-hmm. getting back to your question, of yeah. uh, just like, well, it's 2020, guys. Let's approach um, corporate um, ethos in a different way, right? Let's, let's start thinking outside of the box a little bit because we know what IBM has done. Mm-hmm. We, we know, you know, the giant Apple and Googles of the world. Like, I can't even call it Apple. It's a bummer. Yeah. Like I go, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm constantly being like, why isn't Google has working for me? And there's nobody to call. It's yeah. so sad. Yeah. And I'm like, when people want to get in touch with GMC, I'm like, please talk to me. Mm-hmm. I want to explain to you in great detail what we do, how we approach teaching music, where we're playing. We're going to take them to the recording studio. We're going to immerse them in the experience of being a New York City musician. All of that and I just want to say it, speak it from my heart, right? So that they get that we're invested 150% in what we're doing with these, these kids. 
and the kid is going to have a unique experience in our school, hopefully that, you know, maybe that they wouldn't have in another place, Yeah, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, I got you. <laughs> quick shout out to Jamie. What's up? I'm going to see you soon. I'm getting better quick. Kevin, what's up? Kebmo in the house, another Trump bonus. You, might, you guys might have. Love Kebmo. You know Kebmo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he and I went to school together. Nice. We went to University of Buffalo together. Nice. So. Nice. Um, and my hair cutter. Jason. <laughs> Jason. Who did you get his last name? Kevin, do you remember a drummer named Jason? He was a freshman when you were a senior. And well, he, I was I did my grad degree there. Yes. So what, know, yeah, he was the, he was younger anyway, yeah. he told me and he said that drummer the, named Jason from University yeah, of Yeah. Speak up, Jason. Yeah. If you're if you're out there. He works in persons of are. interest. <laughs> <laughs> in Fort Green, that's all I know about. All right, him. okay, we'll figure it out. He was like Jeremiah Fox. I know that dude. That dude's a star. Yeah, in his own mind. Yeah. Um. So it's. I just read a, a bit about Zappos, this great article, yeah. uh, recently, and I also you said something about being small, and it, this this video popped up. Someone on my Twitter mm. feed posted it the other day of of Jeff Bezos, like early, like mm. super super early, and mm. he was like. I want to try this thing with books, you know, just want to see like he was just it was it was really, really tripped out. And he right. was like, you know, I was working on, in New York and, and for like I can't remember what it was, like major hedge funds or something like that. And he was saying, yeah, I just wanted to try something else. And they both just had this policy of like it, and it's funny because at, at Della, I say this to the staff all the time. Mm. Like, I don't care mm. what goes down in here. Mm. Generally, people are there for about an hour. I'm like, you have an hour to make them. It takes. We're like, on the if, same page. If I have yeah. to buy their dinner, like, I don't care. Just make them right. happy. Like, right. that's it. It's just, it's right. that simple. If you make them happy, no matter what goes wrong, we all will make mistakes. We'll all fall. It's like how you get back up. And then also just, it creates this culture. Mm-hmm. So when, same thing I try to take care. I always think to myself, if I take care of my people, if mm-hmm. I make them happy, because I've been a pissed off employee. I know what that <laughs> looks like, and I know what I've done. Sorry, all of my previous employers, the shit that I did to you. Um, but it was your fault, because you pissed me off. Um, I, I, and there <laughs> went the PG rating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was gone oh, pretty early on. I mean, as soon as they asked me, there went the PG rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh <clears throat> You know, just cr- trying to make my my staff happy first of all, because I just like being. That, that's just me. You know, I like I like to feed people, and make them happy. I like to make a nice drinks, and I like to play good music for them. Whatever, just like I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be right. like I don't want to have our exchange and you leaving like yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, you know, like, and, and by the way, I felt that the moment oh, I walked awesome. into to Della, awesome. thank you. I just immediately was like, this make is... sure you say the address. No, okay. <laughs> well, you can take okay. the F train there to Hamilton Street stop. And, uh, anyway, it's 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 definitely like. You walk in and yeah. you get it. But it's it, it all comes <coughs> down to culture. And so we're doing that at the small level. Mm-hmm. But all those companies started that same way. They were small. And that was, from what I read, that was a big deal. Like the <coughs> thing with Zappos was they, that was like their, their culture from the get-go. Mm. That was just how they shook it up. Now, a lot of those companies have grown up. They've gotten really big. And, and as you were saying, like a lot of it's lost, you know, maybe there's hope like as people like you and I get more successful, but I'm thinking even more so like mm. our children. Yes. Um, cause it's like, like my 12 year old is all she talks about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got it. You got, mm-hmm. you're infected by this and you want something to happen. And you're starting, like I was almost 40 when I started into all this, you know, like started to think about all this, but she's 12 and she's just like, no, this is what's going to happen. So hopefully like by the time their our age or maybe even their kids they can call amazon or just talk to alexa and be like alexa you know what <laughs> or you, by the time you, they're our age um the kind of be like all AI. Uh, <laughs> companies well possibly yeah. but the, the companies that are at the forefront or 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 the big you know giant corporations have it built into their yeah that's what i'm model. saying like it, maybe yeah. there'll be another paradigm shift because prior yeah. To like the Zappos and the Amazons, everybody was just like tough shit, you know. But there, there's been one mm-hmm. little paradigm shift, and and maybe we're, I think we're due for another one. I mean, my my hope is that it's coming, and there's enough information out there. Um, you know, our world, as we know, is faced with enormous challenges yeah. right now. Climate change. Um, you know, the Me Too movement is here. It's like there are things that are right up in our faces that everyone as a part of our society needs to address. And that doesn't stop in your personal life. It yeah. Obviously, you're spending 40 hours a week, whatever, working in a place. What's, what is the ethos of that right. place? Yeah. Right? How do they respond to yeah. those things? Yeah. 
Speaking of paradigm shifts, <clears throat> we're going to take a little break. We're going to shift it up. All right. Clean our act up a little bit. Yes, we promise. Let me go brush my teeth or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Josh Margolis of the Brooklyn... <laughs> Fuck, I can't get it right. <laughs> the Gowanus Music Club in Brooklyn. God, Brooklyn, it's the Nets hat. I got Brooklyn on my brain, hardcore. Brooklyn! It's all right, we represent. It's we represent. So good. speaking of representing, <laughs> you were just listening when we came back from that commercial break to a track that was produced by... Um, was that students or that was that was no uh, no that, that's instructors actually and yeah instructors um i am a member of a band called brooklyn pearl and we actually record in a studio with the same name mm-hmm. in dumbo uh, run by peter fox trevor vaughn um who are both in the band and um we have two uh gmc instructors uh, in the band on top of me. So we've got Spencer Gallup and Nick Davies on uh, guitar and bass, respectively. Uh, the special guest on that track is Tracy Bonham. Um, who, who I just does, met recently as well. like one of my favorite people. She's a trip. She's awesome. And you know what she, she told me? I asked her what her axe was, and she goes, I play spoons. Mm. <laughs> and I, lo- I was like, yo, that's <laughs> dope. And she was like, I don't play spoons. <laughs> so I was mm. just like, yo, you had me. That, like, she was so convincing. She probably like, could. She probably could. Yeah. She's badass. But I was just like, wow. And she's yeah. like, no, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, her axe uh, is, is mainly violin and, and guitar. Um, she's a super talented singer-songwriter, as you know. Yeah, and I, I, she, we talked about singing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, uh, we're actually about to do a benefit uh with Tracy at uh, the Legal Aid Society mm-hmm. on the 23rd right, of this month. Yeah. So you shout give, out to you that. You give some details on that real quick um, while we're here? Yeah, I, I, I know it's at the Flatiron, which is... The um, Flatiron Room, right? The Flatiron yeah. Room, which dope is... Dope venue. Dope, dope venue. It's a cool venue. We've done this for the last three years. It's for a great cause. Um, they make spectacular drinks there. Cool. Like, spectacular. I'm a cocktail guy. I've done cocktail menus for... Yeah, for places, and I went in there, and I was like, "Yo, this place—they don't cut corners." Like, right on. Um, it's one a, of the best Manhattan's I ever had. I was just like, "Yo," and that's so simple. But this guy just like—he was just like Yoda, with the spoon. I was like, "Yeah, this is amazing." 
respect, man. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, um, so you can go on Legal Aid's uh, website, Legal Aid Society. Um, the tickets are affordable, and there's an open bar speaking oh, of drinks. Dude, hit for, that, guys. Hit for, that. No joke. For three hours. The flat Iron Room. And mm. what? Did you said the 23rd? 23rd. What We're, time is that? We've got a crack band with Tracy up in front. Uh, it's from 7 to 10, and we are going to be doing not only Tracy Bonham original songs, uh, but a bunch of Prince covers. Oh. So I'm very excited. I'm, yo, I'm bringing my pole. Because, <laughs> there you go, man. Because uh, I've never uh, played any Prince before. Oh, really? So Prince music is the most fun to play. But he's a, Especially as a drummer. Man. Yeah. Right on. Mm. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And where can people get <clears throat> tickets for that? Uh, the Legal Aid Society's website, for sure. Okay. Um, you know, the Flatiron Room might have something on their website as well. I haven't looked, but I think so. Anyway, you know, getting back to the track mm-hmm. you just heard, um, that's an original song that Peter Fox and Trevor Vaughn wrote, and the band sort of arranged. And I had this idea that just having worked with Tracy a lot and doing production. Um, that she would be amazing doing sort of that Motown three-part harmony kind of thing, mm-hmm. which she's like, woo, so fast in the studio. It's amazing. Nice. Like two hours later, boom. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's what you heard. That's a rough mix of the track. Um, if people didn't, you know, catch the lyrics, um, it for sure is uh, an anti-Trump uh, song. Um without too much dressing on it. It's just about somebody who really perceives the world as his kingdom. Um, gold toilet seats. Emperor's and clothes. Emperor's clothes. Uh, and yeah, so the obvious. And um, we just really wanted to um, release something this year, important year, election year, mm-hmm. um, to make a statement about how we feel about the people that are running this place and our desire to change that. So... I guess that's the best way I can describe yeah, the song. No, that's <coughs> fantastic. And then one of the things I always like to to do is a little backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about your your beginnings in music? You went to you went to Berkeley in Boston. You sure. went to the New School. I went to right? the New School. Yeah, Lang College. And yeah. you're from nearby, <coughs> I, right? Uh, I grew up in Westport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is about an hour outside of the city. Um, like you said in your bio, you you were surrounded by like awesome musicians at an early age. Awesome sisters too, man. Oh, I have four sisters, and Jesus. <laughs> I'm the second to youngest. Yeah. Wow! And um, there was always incredible music in my house growing up, um, every single day. Either either your parents uh, musical in any way? Um, you know, my father was a, a lawyer, a civil rights attorney, um, and my mom was an architect. Yo, you gotta meet <coughs> Sam Himmelstein. You gotta, you're like the younger version of him. I am. Yeah, that's great. I love his name, yeah. Himmelstein. No, he's awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, they were passionate, uh, you know, politically active kinds mm-hmm. of people. And the music, the albums, vinyl, let's talk about vinyl. Um, reflected you, that you there was a lot me of as a vinyl guy. Yeah, right on. Like my parents had a deep collection of yeah. you know no, going my back. Dad, my dad too. Yeah, I'm um, going back to the big band era, which is mm-hmm. where what they grew up listening to. Um, to Odetta, my mother was really into into Odetta. You know, Bob Dylan. Um, yeah. You know, people who really expressed all kinds of opinions mm-hmm. through original songwriting. Um, into and you know the m- sort of early '70s. I think is my sort of earliest memories of um, music that just grabbed me, Mm -hmm. you know, and just did not let go. Beatles, Stones, James Taylor, you know, on and on and on. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So that was all happening. And and I had the great good fortune of having Kenny Aronoff come to our home one day. Kenny is... um, uh, Not everybody gets that, yeah, by the way. For those of you, you know who don't Kenny know is. Kenny Arnoff is, that's, like, that's rare. That's very special. Yeah, so Kenny, in a nutshell, as Jeremiah knows, is, is a world-class uh, session drummer, uh, live performer at this point. He's played with everyone under the sun. Uh, he started out with John Cougar, and he went to Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith and Paul McCartney. He's just done it all. Yeah, um, He's such a huge um, energy, force of nature kind of person. Yeah. Um, and I was a little guy when I met him, and he <clears throat> had a red sparkle drum set in in his. I bet he did. <laughs> I gotta flip this because we went to his house, and uh-huh. he had this in his barn. He had a red sparkle drum set. Beautiful. And 
I just was five years old or whatever. I just was like, wow, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, I know. And, you know, I joke with my wife, Amy, that, you know, I'm, my life is being, you know, ruddered by the, you know, the whims of a five-year-old boy, basically, you same, know, same here. with creative people. For me, I was, like, <laughs> I was like eight, and my mom's friend <laughs> took me to see Motley Crue. This is like mid-80s. <laughs> And Tommy Lee, that tour was doing the, it was the Girls, Girls, Girls tour. Mm. He was doing mm. the drum set, mm-hmm. the drum solo. The thing mm-hmm. came out spinning around mm-hmm. and girls are like raising their tops around me and everything. And I was like, <laughs> this is it. Like, I had no idea later I'd go to school for art music, but I was like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to apologize again for our <laughs> pole dancing comments. I mean, it, it's, it's sincere at least. <laughs> it's, it, it's in the fabric a little bit, but yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm still dictated by that. Mm. And I think one of the reasons you and I hit it off right away mm. is because that's, that's still in there, you know, kind of in a way I, I was reading this thing. This guy was saying recently about, you know, not letting the people that really get it are the ones who didn't let the system completely overtake them you know what do you mean by that in terms of like just succumbing to like i gotta go to college and get a job and Mm. have kids and Mm. get a dog and a house and like i've i've rebelled against so much of that and like there was a price to pay for that because it did a lot of stupid things to like incubate that but um but it was to retain that inner like eight-year-old that was at that concert like at all costs, I'm going to pursue this, you know, I just like set my sights on it. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not letting go. And I feel like you were just kind of expressing that same thing, just kind of being like dictated by that, like inner child that saw the sparkle drum set and was just like, this dude's amazing. I need that. But just, you know, just, um, at that age, I think, you know, and you said eight, I said five, whatever in those formative Formative years, years, as they say, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, your brain is sort of dictated by your emotions mm-hmm. more than your intellect, I think. And I think that's Absolutely. kind of a wonderful thing mm-hmm. because it, you you have to be open and, and just receptive to the things that come in, right? And respond to them in a way that's true for you in that moment, and, right? And to <clears throat> tie that back to what we were talking about earlier with like Zappos, I mean, it's the same thing. They They were not... It's not people's intellect that was like, oh, you know, these guys are are giving me a solid. They reach them on an emotional level. Right. And that's what gets the real response. Like right. Getting, getting to that next layer of the brain, not just that 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 top layer where people <clears throat> like, you know, can, and discuss. It, and it goes like, all the way up the chain, man. Yeah, like yeah. they you remember when Gore ran against Bush and, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, well, the reason he lost was because he was just too... He appealed to people's intellects, but not their heart. And Bush, whatever you think of Bush, yeah. was like the guy you could have the beer with and like right. have the heart-to-heart talk with. And I think there's so much sort of truth to that mm-hmm. when it comes to um, staying true to one's life mission. And that's really, I think, at the heart of what we're talking about, yeah. where um, it's, it's easy to kind of get knocked off of that the older you get. Um, there are expectations in place. You know, my father was an academician, and so he had his own set of expectations for me mm-hmm. that I had to unfortunately rebel against in yeah. order to do what I felt was my true calling. And boy, did, you know, we butted heads. Yeah, that's I'm exactly sh- what I was talking about. Like not yeah. letting, letting the system <laughs> take you over and just like whatever, you know, just fuck that. Right. So it's like y- you have to have a really strong core to do that. Mm-hmm. The irony is that my parents provided that for me at the same time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you created this. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, 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 it's absolutely. like you bought all those drum lessons and right. plopped the drum kit <laughs> like, in the what middle What did of you it. think was going to happen? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jeremiah. <laughs> all right, with that, we're going to take another break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Entrepreneur mm-hmm. Web. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. 
Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, you're listening to The Entrepreneur Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Josh Margolis. That was really lovely, yeah. that track. I listened to that. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about that? It was really, really I fantastic. definitely want to talk about Let's that. Let's talk about that. Um, so uh, that's Old Sweet Way, uh, written by my daughter, Matilda, and her dear friend, Joe Mintz. Um, they did a songwriting program this summer in LA that was uh, run yeah. by Berkeley School of Music, mm-hmm. um, and they came up with that, you know, really pretty quickly in a couple of days. The song was kind of start to finish, um, and they found a terrific kid, um, Bennett, out there to uh, who had a home studio, mm-hmm. and he recorded it. So that's. What you're hearing is all kids, essentially. It's amazing. No adults. Fantastic. Um, and I just think it's a terrific song, and I'm so proud of all of them yeah. for putting it together. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's definitely um, a huge goal of Gowanus Music Club to encourage songwriting mm-hmm. and to talk to them about that process, um, introduce them to people who are doing that kind of thing. I'm a composer and songwriter going way back. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, after you left... Uh, Della the other night. I don't know if you followed up with Mark Friedman. Who, Not much. Who no. we're gonna give a, we, he, we texted each other. <clears> I'm going to give him. a giant shout out to yeah, Mark. Yeah, what's up, Mark? You we, should be watching this, Mark. We, we love Mark. And Mark and I talked a little bit about, um, well, you have all these talented kids and they're, they're coming up through your program and you're actually a talent development company, he says to me. And I just was like, boing. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to provide an avenue for the kids to write songs and ultimately release mm-hmm. those songs onto Spotify or Apple, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're sort of in the, you know, baby stages of talking about how to do that and possibly even creating a GMC label, mm-hmm. um, which would be amazing. Cause Absolutely. it's dreaming, dream, dream, mm-hmm. dream big. Um, <clears throat> so I just feel like I wanted to, you know, play that song, um, on the podcast to, show people that, wow, like don't ever under, underestimate somebody because of mm-hmm. their age. Absolutely. Um, yeah. because old the, or young. Old or young because... <laughs> Got to plug it for <laughs> us old guys. <laughs> these kids, um, as you and I both know, Brooklyn parents are very sophisticated and they listen to everything and they know how to express themselves yeah. at a very high level. Yep. Um, I, I just believe in all of the talent that I see coming through the mm-hmm. program. And at this point, we've had over 1,000 kids come through wow. GMC. Um, when, what year did it start? started our 14th year. So what would that be? 2005. Do you do you care to talk about how it got started? Like part of the you know part of the show is definitely like we're talking about empowering. Like we're talking about empowering kids, like teaching them. 
Um, and I, I experienced the same a lot of uh, teaching martial arts to kids. You know, right we on. don't expect them all to go out and be like, right. we want, we hope none of them are like MMA fighters, but like, hopefully none of them are like using that skill necessarily <laughs> on a, on a In negative even, way yeah. or, or even just like any basis. Like hopefully you never yeah. need this, but here it is, but it's really about empowering. And the same for you. I feel like not all of your, your students are going to go off and be like full-time musicians or no, anything like that, No, but taking them <clears> through that process and showing them, this is how you accomplish things. This is how you accomplish a goal, like from beginning to end, like sure there's some mentorship, but like, I think it's a remarkable what your daughter and their friends pulled off that way. I mean, it's like, really that was not available to me mm. as a kid at all mm. you know and, and i dreamed about it but it just like was not available which is great because it made me a very motivational person mm. but also we want to inspire like guys our age who are like maybe they hate what they're doing and it's like how how like i've, I've got this thing i'll get this i have like this this <laughs> i have a hobby of monetizing my hobbies. <laughs> I don't know how. I still haven't like broken down the process. It just keeps happening, but it's like it keeps happening. Um which is fantastic. It's awesome. It's really yeah, awesome. Fantastic. But uh yeah. Sam, the uh the executive producer here just kind of pointed it out to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, you really like have a hobby of monetizing your hobbies. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um so so if you don't mind just taking a few minutes to talk about how like you were you were doing like music catalog writing and like BMI stuff prior. Yeah, I was right? composing a lot for one particular library mm-hmm. uh, that's really done well for me over the years. You um, want to just tell people like what that means exactly for like the not like Kev, Kevin would understand that sure, the rest of us might sure. not know what's going on. Here. Um, so one of the ways um, musicians can make a buck um, is to write what's called underscore music mm-hmm. for uh, music libraries. And these are giant sort of catalogs of different kinds of music that a television producer can quickly listen to a, ver- a variety of genres and say, oh, this fits perfect underneath the interview segment with it's Andre. It's like the Amazon for like production company, right? Yeah. It's just like you get this whole list yeah. and you just listen, listen, click, click, click. I want that one. Right. Yeah. And I remember when I started, I just was like, oh, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Because my yeah. idea was always that, oh, it has to be perfect and you're going to compose right. while you're watching right. the film. And it's like really not that way anymore. Right. Um, so I did hundreds of these tracks um, with my friend Julian Harris. Shout out to Julian. Amazing guy. Um and they get played like all over the world every year, recycled, right. and it's it's a really nice. And you get like a little fee for like every time it's get used checks from BMI, yeah, yeah, sure, and it's great. So yeah. how did you transition from that into right like the unknown? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it was an interesting time in my life. I had been doing that for maybe ten, fifteen years, and and I enjoyed it and done it really, you know, fully. Um, my wife and Amy, uh, we had uh, Matilda in, 19, what, sorry, 2003, excuse me. Um, when was my daughter born? Um, that's what, that's and, what I have. <laughs> and, you know, like you and many, hopefully every parent in the world, uh, you know, we just fell in love with our daughter. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, like children, like, what's that? And um, yep. I, I became sort of Tilly's primary, um, you know, that was the dude who picked her up from school mm-hmm. and yep. Same hang out with her in the afternoon because I could do it. My wife right. was working full time at that point. Um, and I just had this moment where the more I was in this windowless studio working with maybe one other person or sometimes just by myself, um, as I'm sure you felt a million times, like I just had this itchy kind of feeling like there's something more like I was raised to do yeah. something bigger than this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And um, as fate would have it, somebody recommended me to teach uh, a kid on the Upper West Side drums. And I was reluctant, but I did it. And I met his family. Were you not teaching much? No, I wasn't yeah. teaching at all. And the family was great. And um, the mom took a shining to me and said, hey, our son has a band, and would you consider teaching the band? And so one thing led to another, and suddenly I was teaching one band. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, this is cool what you're doing. It's it's really touching a lot of things financially, spiritually, emotionally. Um, You have to dig deep to do this, and 
go outside of your comfort zone, which we which all is, are trying to do every day. Right? And is a huge part of that right. growth and process. Right. Like if you want to stay in your comfort zone mm. and just have somebody else do everything for you, mm. you don't get to scratch that itch. Right. Really. If you scratch it, though, you know, but there's also a really great quote that pressure makes diamonds, you know, and right on. All of that. And, and think yeah. the other thing that I don't want to forget to say in, in this moment yeah, is that I had a, an amazing drum teacher growing up, mm-hmm. um, a guy named Conrad Kaufman, who was a jazz drummer who turned me on to every kind of music, taught me how to play jazz drums at seven, eight years old. Um, and I never, ever will forget the impact that that had on me. Um, and I think that was maybe the itch. Mm-hmm. It was like... I had kind of this kind of second dad almost yeah. in my life, not realizing it. Um, and, you know, at a certain point, like, what can I do to give that all back, that mm-hmm. incredible love that Conrad put into me? How can I put that back into some other young kid? And so it's really this lovely kind of... Um, reflective thing in life i guess it's like the lion king the yes kumbaya <laughs> yes exactly so um i just felt like there's there's the itch that's been bothering me um how can i give back how can i impact the world in a bigger place in a bigger way excuse me right um and i started to find that through meeting these kids and teaching them and i just it suddenly became this really like hardened mission in my life. It, uh, you know, it just was like, I have to do this. It's really important for me to share all the knowledge that I can, because I've, I've been schooled by a lot of different great instructors. Um, and that rolled into it being a school. Uh, I met Tracy early on in that process, Tracy Bonham and Tracy had sort of similar inclinations. Mm -hmm. So we would have coffees and talk about how we're going to do this. And we rolled it out and it stuck. You know, I was maybe one of the first uh, contemporary music schools in Brooklyn to do this. And that was a lot of it. Yeah. No man's land. (laughs) Right. I mean, I just was like, I want to pick the dirtiest, stinkiest, place you I found can. it <laughs> you know again in the interest of like sort of saying to these kids this isn't glamorous yeah you're not right. going to be a rock star right. but you're going to work hard and you're going to really have fun or like most rock stars this this is what it takes on the back end it's yeah. just like yeah. lots of hard work it's, yeah we all see that little bit and i got you know i was starstruck too i was like oh this is amazing i want to do this you know yeah. and then i started in and i was like this is a lot of work and sometimes like really awful like you were, you were in a dark room kicking out like corporate stuff. I was doing it on a stage right. for uh, for bands that you know were were hustling the same thing for right. that money, and right. uh, it it uh, it was the same empty feeling. You yeah, know? yeah. So eventually, I just was like, I'm gonna let go of the engineering and mm-hmm. producing. You know, I didn't really feel like that's always going to be a part of my life and I continue to do right. that. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, Gowanus really started to take over and it, and it's, you know, just blossomed and, you know, we doing shows at Joe's pubs these days is, and uh, Rockwood music hall, like both incredible yeah. venues. Um, we were, we take them to the recording studio, um, workshops, you know, all kinds of stuff is happening. But, but one important step, <clears throat> you, you guys got some money somehow, right? <laughs> Didn't no, you say that? No, funding? not really. No? no. Okay. I, I mean, the one ace in my pocket that I had, getting back to dad and butting heads, <laughs> um, he um, set me up with uh, a lawyer in his firm Okay. Uh, that essentially uh, explained to me how to create an LLC, right. which is what Gowanus is. And it's it's strange. You have to put an ad in the paper, which was the most expensive part of doing it. So really? it cost me about a thousand dollars for the LLC. Yes, in New York, it's some kind of blue law in New York State. Oh, maybe um, I had to do it. I just maybe my partner took care of that because I've got yeah, yeah I've been a part of a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't remember having <clears throat> to do it for the food co-op. Interesting. They might have gotten rid of that. Mm. Yeah, I hope so. It shouldn't be that hard, and it, yeah. it certainly locks out um, people who don't have, you know a thousand bucks and there are plenty of great minds who can't afford that gatekeeper shit right there yeah so let's open that up to everyone um and you know i was in the sense my dad was a lawyer i didn't have to pay the legal fees 
Um, and I was kind of off and running. And it's a vir- it's a virtual uh, storefront, right? Oh. I rent studios on the hour. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of figured out my business model. My sister was running a yoga studio at the time, I think I told you. Yeah. And it was a similar model. You hire your teachers, you have a space, yeah. you go. And that's it, right? I don't need tons of infrastructure or right. investors. Not, I didn't want guitars. And I all didn't that want any of that. I didn't yeah. want to be a nonprofit. I didn't want to answer to a board. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> like you, pretty not, not stubborn. Like, yeah, yeah. Just like, this is my vision. I, stubborn? Well, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other discussion we yeah. can get into later. But yeah. Cool. All right, everybody. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back with you in a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com back once again you're listening to the entrepreneurial web want to give a shout out to my boy ish lamin boha what's up so um what were we talking about oh yeah pole dancing. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh the last how, segment is always the dirtiest how, just so you know thank you yeah. yeah how i fell sort of backwards into doing what yeah I'm doing yeah and, yeah you know the case happy for, accidents of life yeah no yes. it was the case for me pretty much on everything and it that's another thing i've kind of started to make a skill out of is <laughs> like monetizing my hobbies and just falling backwards into things um yeah uh, mainly because like the things that I really pursued hard, mm. you know, they, when I got there, you know, they weren't, mm. they weren't what I had hoped for. That's, I was that's just kind of like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. man, this is like, I, I, I had, and it was my own preset mm. vision of what it was, you know, when I was mm-hmm. young and, and more stubborn right. <laughs> than I am now. Right. Um, it was just like, oh, it's going to be this way. And I'd get there and I'd be like, wow, it's really not that way at all. Mm-hmm. And I, and I went into it kind of blindly, not, not seeing the red flags along the way. <coughs> so now I kind of just really try to focus on the red flags <laughs> and, and where there aren't any, I kind of fall into mm. a seat, like and I'm getting more graceful about it. Um, but that's kind of like how I scratch that itch these days. And, yeah. and it's been remarkable. I mean, this is a prime example. Like th- I did not pursue this at all. It was just kind of like a gentle nudge. And I just it was like, okay, like no red flags, no red flags. Okay. Yeah. You know? and, and, and you were open to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, but it was all, it was like the mindset shift. And that was, you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, in terms of business culture, you know, it really takes that. It's just a mindset shift. My, did I say <laughs> mindset shift? I told you it was going to get dirty. Almost said shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that cat's out of the bag now. 
again, I just go with it, man. I just like fall bass backwards into these things. I see and, that. But people either laugh with me or laugh at me. But either way, I don't care as long as you smile. I'm like absolutely smiles. with you, like Jeremiah. So, so yeah. Uh, so again, we were listening to more from that track your Jelly, your daughter yeah. did, yeah. and just really remarkable. It's amazing um, what people can get done um, under under certain circumstances and, and culture you know, backing them up and, and just offering them that, you know, that kind of removal of the red flags to Well, you know, they, they, uh, they seized the moment. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I really love about, you know, raising a Brooklyn kid and just meeting all of her friends and just obviously the kids at GMC, um, I think they have a large capacity for doing that, for seizing the moment, yeah. whether it's getting on stage. No, it's... Um, I wouldn't have raised kids anywhere else. My right? wife was like, yeah. like when we were in Buffalo, she was like, "What's that, babies?" And I was like, "I'm not getting fucking stuck here. Like, yeah. this is terrible." No. Yeah. And here, it's just like it's amazing. It yeah. really is. And I learned so much from the kids that you know, especially in Windsor Terrace, like our community is just fantastic. It's great. And and being involved in the schools and the dojo, just everything, and I feed off of them so much because they just don't care, and right. that's really a big part of it. Like you got to just let go of what people like any judgment you're not worried you got you can't worry about what people are thinking so much i mean there's mm. certain things as a business owners you have to respond to you know but a mm. lot of it you just got to be like Psh, right whatever man right doing and my like, thing. like i had said earlier about our mindset when we yeah. first were turned on to music mm. kids are super clear yeah about right like where they're at mm. and their emotions um are you know I don't want to say pure because that sounds, you know, too whatever hokey. But, you know, just, you know, they're just like they give you so much power like yeah. back. And they're like, uh, it's so well, it's affirming. very raw. Yeah, it's and raw and affirming. Yeah. And that was like the main <clears throat> catalyst for me mm. was like just pure raw emotion. You mm-hmm. know, it was wild. But yeah, as I and but I always try not to put too much of a of a of a cup on it, you know, and just like yeah. always let the got to. Something I read a long time ago. It's like a psychological study, and they were like, it was it was talking about like the deep recesses of your mind being like alligators, and it was like you have to feed the alligators sometimes because if not, they'll like they will come to eat you. So just always kind of feeding feeding those alligators. I think so, you know, and uh, I, you know, you and I are both drummers, and so um, you know, my hero growing up was Stuart Copeland of the Police. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a little video of him this morning and I was, they were playing live and I was looking at him and, and I just had this thought that that dude is an athlete. Man. Well, especially him. I mean, he plays so big. He is like a really big, strong dude. And like drums, as you know, is, can just be such a wonderful channel for all of the emotion that you're talking about to let it out in a positive way and to express oneself and um i don't know it's interesting i had a long conversation last night with some people about how your mind works and you know just as a drummer like what is it what's going on with the synapses right oh when you're using when you're playing yeah yeah yeah, it's it's euphoric it really is like when you hit that wavelength it's like Mm-hmm. It's better than sex. You know, you walk away and you're just like, oh, my God. I went ha- at one time I was just in my studio practicing and it was just like it was there and it just lasted for so long. And like my mm. wife called me to interrupt, you know, and it, and I just was like, sorry, I got to tell you this. But <laughs> mm-hmm. that 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 was better than sex. And she was just like she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I was like, it was so good, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, there's there's a lot that really happened. Uh, I had a guest just before the holidays, Alessandra Baloney. She's mm-hmm. a um, she's like frame drum virtuoso oh, from I Rome. Love frame drum. Man, this yeah. lady. So I she did an artist in residence at yeah. Buffalo when I was there and I was like her tech and chauffeur and everything. We we got along great. We had a, a little connection and I didn't talk to her for 15 years and somehow she just like landed in the seat and uh, wow. literally we hadn't seen each other in 15 wow. years until she walked in the door and sat down. And it was it was really great, but she talked a lot about even just like the vibrations because she's a healer as well. She's written books and does these, uh, these Mm. getaways and, and Mm. it's, she's really amazing. But, um, just the vibrations from playing, like how healing they are, especially drums. I mean, you get it from other, I, you know what I, I, I never have, I've had no instruction on, but I, I love to just pick up like 
my buddy's saxophone and yeah. just blow. Yeah, like yeah. I, it's terrible. Like I cannot play a note, but it just sounds, you know, like um, who am I thinking of? Uh, not even like beyond Ornette Coleman, you know, like mm. like honky honky Eric mm. Dolphy, you uh, know, just like like John, uh, what's his name, that avant garde jazz yeah. saxophone player, yeah, That's just like really funky yeah. stuff. But it just feels so great to involve yeah. the breath that way. Oh yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so we just got a couple minutes left. I wanted you to talk about briefly. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, like um, t- like kind of talent agency thing but oh, like what's yeah, what's the yeah. future for gmc and where can people find out more information about it should uh, they yeah. have a child or be a child mm. uh, well thank you this study, is yeah. this is my little plug and yeah the, yeah um dot com is the best source of information about our programs we have uh our 12-week jam coming up uh, starting in about a week and a half uh, which will take us up through, you know, early May. We're doing our shows at Joe's and Rockwood. Nice. Um, we're going to do two summer camps this July. I didn't want to forget to talk about those. Um, they're five-day rock camps, essentially, and we'll do shows at Rockwood Music Hall and do some recording at our studio. Dope. Um, so that's the immediate future. The long-term future, hopefully, is to, yes, create... Um, some, whether you call it a record label or some kind of avenue for these kids to write original songs and have them on Spotify and iTunes and just like show them that they can take this as far as they want to go, essentially. You know, I actually have a couple of students who have songs on Spotify already, one of whom has over a million hits on yeah. a song. So it's like, wow, <laughs> it, can, it can happen. It can happen yeah. really fast is cool right. right but it's diversifying for you as a business as well to yeah do that. Just yeah like that growth mindset like you started at like okay we're gonna teach kids to play and then like you slowly accumulate more skills as a business the same way a drummer is like oh now my left hand can do this and now my right foot can exactly do that. And it's, it's, and it's the same process yeah and sort of like I'm, I'm a big advocate of like not forcing it not rushing yeah. it just a lot of tlc yeah but just do it in a way that maintains the integrity of the business that takes care of the kids, mm-hmm. that protects them, because Lord knows there's like people out there, yeah, you know. Freaks. So, so yeah. we just want to be really careful about it and and do it in a supportive, loving, communicative way with the parents, so that we're like, this is your choice. You can do it. If you're not cool with it, fine. We'll let it go. Right. Well, yeah. just you know. Stop bringing up pole dancing and everybody. Will yeah, I know, up. right? It's, oh man. <laughs> okay, we're gonna end on that. Yeah. Coming in hot, going out hot. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going out hot, have a great weekend. I hope it gets warmer here in New York City. It's mm-hmm. not looking good for the weekend, mm-hmm. but it'll, next week looks okay. Yeah, Bundle wonder, up, everybody. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank awesome, you, man. man. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 